morning again. If you will, take your copy of God's Word, and we're going to turn over to the Old Testament. We're going to be in the book of Psalms this week. Yes, we're taking a break from Ruth. Uh, we will be in Psalm 46, and you're like, well, I thought you just preached Psalm 22. I did, so um, <clears throat> we're skipping ahead just a little bit. Um, I just want to also, while you're finding your place to Psalm 46 this morning, just want to encourage and invite you to connect with Bethel on Facebook. That's where we are kind of just dropping some nuggets of wisdom throughout the week and also just kind of sharing some pictures and some of the stories, some of the wins, some of the celebrations of how God is moving and working here at our church. And so I encourage you to connect there. <coughs> Also, this morning, you might say, well, why are we in Psalm 46? Well, when Austin and I were meeting uh, towards the end of the week, we're actually doing uh, Psalm 46 as a song by a group called Shane and Shane in the second service, and so we'll probably share that on Facebook this week. This is one of those great groups where they're uh, taking the Psalms, putting it to words, because again, as we dive into Psalm 46 this morning, uh, the book of Psalms was the church's original hymn book. Right, So we don't necessarily have the sheet music, but praise God for those that he has given creativity to, that they are putting it to words uh, that people may continue to worship as God intended it to be. So this morning, let's look at Psalm 46. Uh, I'm going to invite you, I'm going to read the whole uh, psalm, so I would ask you to stand, but I'm going to just ask you to remain seated. And so let's look at Psalm 46 this morning. God is our fortress. A mighty refuge, if I had to give this a title, it would be a mighty, uh, a mighty fortress, a mighty fortress. So Psalm 46, starting in verse 1, God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling, Selah. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter, his voice, he utters his voice, the earth melts. Verse 7, the Lord of hosts is with us, the God of Jacob is our fortress, Selah. Come, behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on earth. He, he makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The Lord, the God of Jacob, is our fortress, Selah. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for your holy and blessed word. Father, I invite your spirit now that you may help us to realize your love, your plan, your purpose, your power. Lord, it is on display. Father, help us to indeed this morning be still. Father, we ask that you have your way as we study your word. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So let's look at this. As we study a psalm, we often see the uh, we see a title, God is our fortress. And then we see the inscription to the choir master, to the song leader, to the worship leader, to Austin in essence, to the sons of 
Korah, that would be the temple assistants, according to the Alamoth, a song. Um, one of my Bibles said, sung by soprano voices. And so here as we begin to dive in, let's begin to start. We're just going to make a few uh, just observations this morning, things that the Lord has shown me as I've studied this. So first and foremost, verse 1, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Not just help in trouble, but a very present help in trouble. There we we see from the psalmist that he is our refuge, that he is our strength. He is so strong, he is mighty and impenetrable. We see, if you will, turn back with me to Psalm 34, verse 8, as we talk about the Lord being our refuge. Psalm 34, verse 8 says, O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in in him. We are meant to find refuge in the Lord. He is our safe place. The message as Eugene Patterson uh, translated, he says that God is a safe place to hide. He's ready to help when we need him. You know, this week, one of the things that we posted on our Facebook page was on our phones, you typically have what you call a lock screen. You know, whenever you turn it on, it's going to show you the time. It's going to show you your notifications. And so one of the things that we showed is on my lock screen, I have my background, and it's, a, it's an ocean. It's a roaring ocean. And it has just simply on the middle of that picture, it says, pray. And we were encouraging our people that they could download that picture and put that as their lock screen so that as they look at their phone throughout the day, it would be a reminder for them to pray. Sometimes, I don't know about you, but as we look at uh, Psalm 46 this morning, it is in essence a prayer. And I think sometimes we wrestle and we wallow when we should just stop, that we should pause and we should pray. Because God is our refuge. He is our strength. He is a very present, as one translation says, he's ever-present. He's an ever-present help in trouble. Verse 2, therefore we will not fear. Though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling, we see the word selah, S-E-L-A-H. You know, I'd tell you this morning, it's probably, it's, I preached recently in a psalm, and there's that word selah. Some people might say selah. It's kind of like pecan and pecan, right? I mean, it's, it's just semantics. But selah... And how do I know that? Well, I'm not a very smart guy a lot of times, so I turn on my Bible app, and I have my Bible app read me this passage, and the narrator says, Selah. Another way to remember that this morning, just in the uh, the verse accompanying that, it says the waters roar. Well, what is the waters? Typically, they're seas, right? So, Selah. And the reason that word is there is it's a, it's a word. It, it's, it means interlude. It means pause. It means ponder these things. And what I find fascinating about Psalm 46 is not just once, but three times the psalmist is saying, Selah. Selah. Ponder what has been said. Think on these things. Meditate on them. You see, we get in such a hurry sometimes that we just, we blast through the Word of God and we don't take time to just sit there 
and to let it marinate, to sit there and to let it fill our hearts and minds, to sit there and let God, we and God, interact with his word and to wrestle with his word. So maybe some of you this week need to see law. Maybe you just need to pause. Maybe you just need to stop and you need to rest. You need to let these things soak in. As we look this morning too, and we find that God is our refuge in the Old Testament, it is a refuge is a prominent meaning of salvation. So God is our salvation. He is our strength. Now, as you saw there, the, the, the mountains may be moved into the heart of the seas. Listen, whether it's an earthquake or a nuclear blast in the midst of total destruction, God is not just a temporary retreat. He is our eternal refuge. He can provide strength and security in any circumstance. So whatever you go through this week, whatever comes your way, whatever phone call, whatever text, whatever conversation, whoever walks into your office, whoever walks into your home, and they something hits you like a ton of bricks, Please know that God is not just a refuge in good times and not just in the bad. Let me back up. He, he's not just a God in the times of trouble, but he's, in the time, he's there for us. He is our strength. He is our salvation. He is our refuge at all times and in any circumstance. You see, as I mentioned to you this morning, Psalms 46 is in essence a prayer. The nations and nature threaten our security. But listen to what my disciples' study Bible said. Prayer expresses confidence in God's strength and God's protection. Prayer changes us. You know, as we pray for other people, I heard a story, I don't even remember who it is now, as they were telling me this week, but they told me they began to, to pray for someone and to pray for someone that was in their life. Hold on, I'm trying to think back on the conversation. It was somebody who was in school. Oh, it was another, it was another pastor who attended, the, um, attended with his granddaughter at the back-to-school bash, and he told me about how he just had a burden for this other gentleman And as he heard his story, his heart broke because of all that he had been through. And that he began praying for him. And then, lo and behold, he had to preach chapel. And and the message was just so tender because God was working on the pastor. He was working on the one praying for the other individual. So prayer expresses our confidence in God's strength and his protection. So we should be praying. We should be having conversation, regular conversation with the Lord. Look with me in verse 4. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. Go back to that word river. I kind of missed that, and so I'm thankful for some of the study tools as I was reading and trying to just glean what I could from this passage, and it called out my attention to the word river. You see, in this day and time, Jerusalem had no river, but it had the Lord who was just like a river who sustains our lives. You think about it. See, 
a lot of times as I'm preparing to preach and teach a series on Psalm 23, I think a lot of times in the Word of God, we have lost the context of who God is speaking to because we don't live. Now, some of y'all do because we in the country out here, amen? And so some of y'all know some things that some of the city folk don't know, but there's a generation like, let's just say the second service, many of them have never grown anything. They don't have a green thumb. They didn't grow up picking tobacco and picking beans and shelling beans, right? But they, but in this day and time, the river was crucial to their survivor. There's three things that the river gave them. It sustained their lives. It helped with agriculture. And it made trade possible. So see, we just read past that, but we need to be reminded this morning that as we think about the Lord, as we come to the table of the Lord here in just a few minutes, that God is the living water. He is the bread of life. The river sustained them. God can sustain our lives as well. Verse 5, and in the midst of her she shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. Verse 6, the nations rage, the kingdoms totter. His, he utters his voice and the earth melts. What a beautiful picture. Uh, another translation say the nations are in chaos, the kingdoms crumble. Hello, have you turned on the TV recently? Have you taken a step out of your house into our community, into the world in which we li- live? Are not the nations in chaos? And do not kingdoms crumble? Who, who, whose faith and hope and trust are you putting your, uh, your life in? Is it a kingdom that you're building or is it in God's kingdom? And what's beautiful that the psalmist says, he utters his voice and the earth melts. And in the New Testament, we see that what Jesus, all he had to do was speak a word and the, and the waters became still. There's power in the name of Jesus, there are power in the word of God and in the words of Christ. And then in verse 7, some of you need to be reminded as we look forward to Christmas coming down the road that Christ came. His name would be Emmanuel, which means God with us. Here in Psalm 46, the psalmist is reminding us, the Lord of hosts is with us. He is with us. And so as you leave here this morning, as you go out into your daily lives, you need to be reminded that if you are seeking him and if he is with you, that the God of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. And then we see Selah. We see that interlude that we need to ponder, that we need to stop here. We need to to just reflect on these things. And so I will tell you this morning that we saw earlier in, in verses 1 through 3 that he is an ever-present. He's ever-present. Here we're going to be on our alliteration with P's again this Sunday. So 1 through 3, he's ever-present. And then here in verse 7, he protects us. God is our fortress. He is our stronghold. He is our refuge. He is our high tower. God protects us. God is protecting us. The thing that we see through verses 6 through 10 is that God works in human events to destroy war, to establish peace, and to call the nations to worship him. He's our stronghold. He's our refuge. He's our high tower. He is 
our fortress. He is protecting us. Look with me in verse 8. Come, behold the works of the Lord. That should be our cry every Sunday when we come together. Come, behold the works of the Lord. Let's celebrate. That's what Sunday should be. It should be a time of celebration. Yes, we're to weep with those who are weeping, but to those who are are joyful, we should be joyful as well. How has God moved this past week? What have been some of those conversations? You know, how is God connecting his faith in real lives? A conversation this week that I, that Pastor Austin had. There's a young man who attends this church, and he's on fire for the Lord. And he's like, Pastor, I'm, in, I'm inviting this person. And what do you think about if this person comes? And, and they might could serve here. And, and, and what about this guy? I need to go and have a conversation with him. Praise God that, that, that the messages that God is connecting connecting his faith to his life, to his work, to his family. Amen? We need to celebrate that fact. We need to celebrate the fact of last Sunday that we had the back-to-school bash and that children came and they had a safe place to come and and to just enjoy and, and take their mind off of all the crazy things that are going on in this world and they could just be kids again. Amen? And some of the adults could kind of rest they could sit down at the table. They could rest as, as their children played, and they could have a conversation with other adults. I had a conversation with one such man, and he said, You don't know. I, it's been so long since I've had a conversation like this. Right? People are inviting you to be a part of their lives. You just got to sit down at the table. You got to be, as we see later in here, you just got to be still. You got to take your eyes and, and stop chasing everything else and look at where the Lord is and where he's working. So come behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes war cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and he shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. As I read that, he burns the chariots with fire. I was reminded of Psalm 20, verse 7, that says, Some trust in chariots, some trust in horses, but we trust, we boast in the name of the Lord our God. We're not to trust in our military. Are they important? Sure. Should we pray for them? Absolutely. But that's not where our salvation comes from. Amen? We should pray for, we should encourage them. Speaking of our military family? Are we praying and looking for ways to connect with them? That's one of the notes that I have in my phone just as I just write things down and and as we are just dreaming and, and praying and asking God to move in our midst here at Bethel, it's like, do we have means of connecting with our military families? Do we have means with connecting with young men and women who are in the military? Because I don't know, I think I've already told you this, but so often people leave, they go into the military, these young men, these young women, they have no hope. They, their upbringing was a broken home, and so they go into the military to flee those things. And, and then... Uh, for, for some odd reason, God sends them to Sumter, South Carolina, and they're like, why God, right? And so are we connecting with them? Are we connecting with them because they're hurting and they're broken and they desire a relationship? Yesterday, Kendall took our dog to the dog park and uh, I rested. I knew I wasn't going to get as much rest today, so I rested. Amen. Thank God for a, a nap to be able to rest and renew. I hope that you guys will find time to do that this weekend if you haven't already. 
But Kendall went to the dog park, and as she was there playing, she found in connection with a young lady who is a pilot at Shaw, and she was there with her dog, and, and they began to talk and to interact, and, and Kendall was telling her things about Sumter. And so she was investing. She, was, she saw that person. She, she saw that young lady. She had a conversation with her. And so praise God. I don't know if they exchanged numbers or connected on Facebook, or maybe they just saw each other for that season, and maybe she learned that there are some good people that live in Sumter. Amen. Maybe there are people who will extend hope and and point her to Jesus. So are we doing that? And then we see this all familiar verse that, that we quote and we talk about all the time. Be still and know that I am God. The Christian standard version, I like the way it, it translated this. You know what it said? It said, stop fighting. And so this morning, I've come to tell some of you, you need to stop fighting. You need to stop fighting battles that aren't yours to fight. You need to stop worrying about things that aren't yours to worry about. You are responsible for you. You are only responsible for you and your actions. You will stand before an almighty God at the judgment seat of Christ, and he will review your life, and you will stand there, and he will talk about you and your life, your actions, and your decisions, not that of your spouse, not that of your coworker, not that of your cousin or your aunt or your best friend, but of you. So get your eyes off of everybody else and start looking internally and you need to stop fighting battles that aren't yours to fight. Now, granted, we got some folks in here. You've got children. I have children. We have some families with young children. Yes, in a certain time of their life, you are responsible for them. Amen? You're responsible for them to train them and encourage them. But eventually, as as, uh, Genesis tells us, that the man and and woman, they leave their father and mother and they become one. And you've got to step back and you've got to stop fighting battles that aren't yours to fight. You know what? Also, as I was reading and studying, I wrote this in my notes, that not only do we need to be still and stop fighting, but we need to recognize and understand who God is. He, the psalmist says, be still and know that I am God. That means that we have to recognize and understand who God is. And as we see in this psalm this morning, as we see the mountains being moved and the waters roaring and the nations are in chaos and the kingdoms are crumbling, we need to recognize that you're not God. I'm not God. That God has a plan and that God's plan will unfold, it will be unveiled, and that he is always at work. He's always working, amen? He never sleeps and he never slumbers. Then we see, I will be exalted among the nations, I will be exalted among the earth. In essence, he'll be honored, he'll be honored among the nations, he'll be honored in the earth. I think back to... Every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. Amen. There is coming a day that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. And then we see again that repetition of the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob's is our fortress, Selah. Selah. Listen. As we look at this this morning, as we look at this psalm, as we look 
It's Psalm 46, and we're reminded that it is a song. Some of you might say, as, as one of my professors did one time, talking about people in his church, well, we, just, we don't like those 7-11 songs, that they sing the same seven words 11 times. Well, I've come here to remind you this morning, I don't know about you, maybe if you'll read the end of the book, Revelation 4, verse 8 says, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Amen? And so if we'll stop worrying about what we're repeating because as I thought about on the way to church this morning, it's the things that are repeated that often stick. Right? You say, I don't like that song. They just keep saying the same thing. Well, here in this Psalm, Psalm 46, verse 7, verse 11, they say the same thing. Praise God. We need to be reminded. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. He's our stronghold. He's our strong tower. He's our fortress. He's our refuge. He protects us. So not only is he ever present, not only does he protect us, but friends, his power is on display. Are you looking around and are you looking to see his power? I don't know about you, but there are things that happen in our lives that I just, I can't make up. Right? There are conversations that I find myself, I find uh, that I'm a part of, and I'm like, God, I can't make this stuff up. I mean, yesterday I jumped on a reunion call, a digital call with some folks, and I was almost towards the end. And uh, luckily my uncle, he's a statistician for better or for worse. And so as I hopped on the call, he looked back and he said, well, the last time that you attended the reunion was in 1997. Okay, well, praise God, I'm here today. So most of them didn't know me. But what was interesting was one of the ladies that was on that call, she friended me on Facebook, and I noticed because Facebook will show you who you're friends with. And so this guy that I'm friends with, his name's Chase McRae. And so I wrote her, and I said, hey, how do you know Chase McRae? I said, he and I have been connected for a few years. She said, well, he's our pastor. So isn't that interesting as we think this morning that God is always at work in the midst of our lives and if we'll just look, there's connections. He's making connections everywhere, all throughout our lives, all throughout our families, and in our churches. And so I pray this morning that maybe some of you will just see law. Maybe some of you will take this week and take Psalm 46 or wherever you're reading, and maybe you'll just read a little bit, and you'll just pause, and you'll just say, God, help me to see you more clearly. Help me to understand this. Help me to apply this to my life. Forgive me for where I have fallen short. Lord, create in me a clean heart. Amen? We just need to get before the Lord, and sometimes we just need to be still. Sometimes we need to read Psalm 46, or or we need to hear a song Well, maybe they repeat a few of the words because what? Things that are repeated often stick. I don't know about you, but even some of these hymns that we sing, praise God for the words of the songs. Amen? Because we're not worried about beats. We're worried about the message. Just like God's word, it's the message. It's the words of God. And can I tell you that I have woken up on some mornings and and the Lord just puts a new song. He puts a song in my heart, and I began to meditate on those things. I began to just be encouraged by those things, right? So take time and reflect. This morning as we prepare to take communion, I want to call you to reflect. The table has been prepared. The God has prepared a place for you, and he has prepared a place for me.
He's prepared a place for all of us. But I want to remind you, we're going to watch a quick little video, but I want to remind you this morning as Pastor Austin helped me because typically when I've done communion, I have these certain verses that I go through and and I always remind people that they shouldn't take communion unworthily. But listen to what thus saith the word of the Lord in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, in verse 27, Whoever therefore eats the bread and drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and the blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself then and and so eat the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. This morning before we take communion, I would like for you to listen to this song here in just a moment. I'd like you to use that as an opportunity to pray to the Lord and ask him to examine your heart and your mind and to repent of those things that he brings to mind so that you can take communion in a worthy manner to be reminded of the cost of your sin on the cross of Calvary. Amen. Turn your attention to the screen and uh, use this as a time of meditation, of reflection, and allow the word the Lord to speak into your hearts and minds. I will feast at the table of the Lord. I will feast at the table of the Lord I won't hunger anymore At His table I will feast at the table of the Lord I will feast at the table of the Lord
Come.